Welcome to Paranormal Coffee Hour. I'm your host, Jen, with my co-host here, Courtney. We're pouring you a strong cup of the weird, the wonderful, and the woohoo. Today we have a guest host with us, my husband, Kent. Say hello, Kent. Hello, Kent. (laughs) Kent is going to be joining us today for our discussion on giants. For many of us, giants have been woven into our legends, fairy tales, and even Bible stories since as long as we can remember. Jack and the Beanstalk, David and Goliath, and one of my personal favorites, Roald Dahl's The BFG. But today, we're going to be talking about some pretty interesting stuff that has been found on giants, and especially giants here in our lovely state of Wisconsin. So I'm going to turn it over to Courtney, and she's going to start introducing us to a little bit about the giant phenomenon that exists. What can be seen from these tales is that they aren't specific to a certain place. Every culture on Earth has their own beliefs and stories of gigantic humans with massive strength. Does that mean that all cultures are simply fascinated with the concept of towering humans? Or do these tales exist because proof of their existence has been found for centuries, possibly hidden from us because of their significance? That is the question we are exploring today as we look at the weird, wonderful, and woohoo world of giants in North America. I think they just like the concept of really big humans. Some people probably do. (laughs) What's all giant on them? (laughs) Reminds me of Young Frankenstein. I don't know if I've watched that movie. I I know, I know. And then there's Kent across from me just sitting there all smug. I've never seen it either. Movie Movie night! (laughs) Jinx! Dear God. (laughs) Let's begin with some of the legends of North America's oldest inhabitants. Several Native American tribes have passed down legends of a race of white giants who were wiped out. The first legend we have comes from the Choctaw tribe. Choctaw. (laughs) As the tribe migrated across the Mississippi, their tradition of a race of white giants that had to be fought when they arrived to what is now the state of Tennessee. The Choctaw would refer to these giants as the Nahulo. If you haven't noticed, I've got Courtney in the background going, Choctaw. I love how that word is. Choctaw. Oh my God, you guys are going to drive me nuts. Anyway, the Choctaw, Choc- oh my God, I can't say it. Let me help you. Choctaw. Choctaw. <laughs> the Choctaw would refer to these giants as the Nahulo. They were said to be cannibals and were often killed by the Choctaw whenever possible. Also, the name Nahulo literally means wizards. They were seen by some as white ghosts who had spiritual powers. It is believed that their cries and magic spells can still be heard in the mounds in which they were buried. Creepy. That would be really creepy. What would you do if you heard like cries and moans coming from I'd a mound? I'd be running, and I don't run. Maybe so. that's where the first mound builders came from. They had to bury giants, <laughs> and they couldn't dig a hole that deep. That's, that's something. <laughs> bury him. we got to bury him somewhere. Let's bury him in a mound. Is that why, you know, they don't want to, they like, consider them spiritual or sacred because they're like stay away from them you're gonna hear some weird shit i'm not sure where that came from because the indians were scared of them the native americans they weren't friendly they always said 
No, no. A lot of the tribes, as we're going to continue to learn, decided to try and wipe them out anytime they came into contact with them. Because unlike the BFG, these were not friendly. No, and, and the whiteness of them is what is notated in, in all of these accounts, is just how white they were. Which throws me, because some of them consider these giants Native American giants, and to me that doesn't fit. I don't think the Native Americans would consider them Native American giants. I absolutely agree. Yeah. All right, Courtney, we're going to continue. You're going to tell us about the next tribe. Next, we travel to the southwestern lands of the Navajo Nation. Legend has it that a race of white giants known to the Navajo as the Starneck people, Starnecki, Starnecki, they were endowed with mining technology and dominated the western United States. Now I have a thought on this. Hold on. These white giants were said to have enslaved lesser tribes and had strongholds all through the Americas. What happened to this race of giants? According to the Navajo, they were either extinguished or went back to the heavens. Whoa, wait a second. So if they went back to the heavens, are they implying that they could have been aliens? That's my thought. Why are you doing it again? (laughs) Because we're good at it. There have been many thoughts that they are an alien race. Well, God, that's fascinating and creepy all at the same time. Well... And when I get to some research I did, it's actually not that far off from what really might have happened. But I also want to touch on this mining technology. Now, we have a coffee hour coming up, I think January. January, National Parks mixed with the cave system. Which makes me wonder, if these giants had mining technology, did they make the cave systems? That's a really good question, because we have some pretty extensive, well, what we consider natural caves. And then that also, I don't want to give January away too much, but then if they're an alien race or are still living there, per se, is that why people are disappearing in our national parks? Oh, dear God. Probably. I don't know. There is so much creepy shit in our national parks. And that coffee hour in January, that coffee is going to blow people's minds. Honestly. I'm excited. I know I am too, but we really should focus back on our giants. (laughs) Yes, I digress. We are going to now move... I have a question quick. Okay. If these giants, possibly aliens, went back, but yet we find remains of the giants, why wouldn't we find remains of, say, a spaceship? Maybe they dropped them off. (laughs) I'll be back to get you three, kids. my god the car broke down sorry (laughs) they didn't have they tried to call collect but they couldn't get the whole message through before (laughs) will you accept a collect call from come get me i'm done that aged us earth is bad please come get me (laughs) oh my lord we just dated ourselves you know that extremely yep yep so for all our listeners out there who completely get what we just said we love you okay we really love you because yeah we're old the rest of you read a book put down the kindle (laughs) (laughs) oh god courtney what else do we have we are going to jump on the next plane to the great plains Ooh, that was that was good yeah i got it some days where in 1857 chief rolling thunder of the comanches tells of the following account of an ancient race of 
Yep, white giants. So wait. Okay, hang on. I got to do a geography lesson real quick here. So the Great Plains. What do we consider the Great Plains? Are we talking Nebraska? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Well, is it Oklahoma? Because the you know the Great Plains does include Nebraska. I think of the plains as like sort of middle of the country. So the Nebraska, Kansas. I feel like the Great Plains and the Southwestern their borders kind of also get a little blurred. As yeah. I'm showing hand signs on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. On an o- audio podcast. We'll throw the hand in there. She's throwing hands. Oh, gangster. What happened to them? According to Chief Rolling Thunder, when this race forgot justice and mercy and became too proud, the great spirit wiped them out, and all we have left of their society were their mounds. So mom did pick them up and chewed them out for being jackasses. <laughs> Pretty much. We're so going home. If you can't play nice with the little people, you're not going to play with them at all. I'm going to turn this ship around. I'm turning this damn ship around. I'm taking you right home and you're grounded. Grounded. Ow. Ah, mounds. Something's really creepy. (laughs) Wow. Sorry, that was my segue. Something we are extremely familiar with here in Wisconsin are the mounds. Um, in research, what I found is that often these mounds were created to bring balance between the natural and the supernatural worlds, which is really interesting because if you look at other societies that believe in like the above and the below, the tree of life is another example of bringing balance between the above and below worlds. And there's a lot of cultures that believe in the tree of life yeah. just under different names. Yeah, there are. So the mound builders here in Wisconsin were a group of indigenous North Americans named for burying their dead in large mounds or creating large mounds as sacred ceremonial sites. So there is a difference. We have mounds that are burial mounds and then we have mounds that are like ceremonial mounds where you'll find artifacts and other such stuff. Some people think that the mounds are big and built the way they are because then you could see them from the sky. And there's the aliens again. Yeah. Native American societies in Wisconsin built more effigy mounds than did those in any other region of North America. Did you guys know that? In fact, there's so much in Wisconsin that we were considering doing another podcast about the mounds. I know. I know. Stay tuned, people. We're thinking about it still. You let us know if that's interesting to you. In Wisconsin alone, there had been between fifteen to 20,000 mounds. Today, there are only about 4,000 of these mounds remaining. And I saw somewhere... Where'd the others go? That's a great question. Erosion. Erosion. Farmers. Farming Farming is a big one. Building in one place. I did see that it was up to 44,000. Yeah, I did too. I thought 20,000 seemed a little low. And in our area of Wisconsin, we have a lot of mounds. Well, we even have reports of mounds in this area that have been disturbed. People taking artifacts out of them. I think that's another podcast. It is another podcast because there's a whole lot of supernatural experiences once that happens. So my question is, is if the mounds are related to the giants, was Wisconsin infested with giants? Great question, Courtney, because when we did our research, we found out we had one of these giant mounds in our backyard, basically. Literally, practically. Mm -hmm. So what do the Wisconsin mounds have to do with the giants? That's a great question. We're going to find out. In December of 1897, the New York Times reported that three large burial mounds were discovered by Maple Creek, Wisconsin. Say what? Yeah, by us. 
So Maple Creek, Wisconsin is also known as Sugarbush. And Little Sugarbush, which is, is it unincorporated? Yes. Yeah. Little Sugarbush is, is miles from us. And I believe it's only like just around the corner from where you grew up, Courtney. Yeah, it was down the road. Yeah. Yeah. By a country. Yeah. Down the road. So get this. One of the mounds would be opened and in it would be found the gigantic skeleton of a man. And when I say gigantic, the bones would measure over nine feet from head to foot and were in fair condition when found. The skull? Well, it was described as the size of a half bushel measure. Say what? Okay, half bushel measure. That would be 14 inches tall by nine and a half inches wide. What a big head you have. That's a big head. I wonder if you could find a hat. Heck no. No? Yeah, a hat. That's what he's looking for. I thought that would take three coonskins to make him a hat. (laughs) Maybe get a bear. There's a bear in the area. I mean, New London's just to the south of Sugarbush, and it was known for, for furs. So, you know. I mean, there was furs in the area. There was a lot of fur trapping in Wisconsin. That's actually how we became the state we are. So my question is, I did a little bit of research on that one. Yeah. And the only thing I found was that New York Times article. I know. Isn't that weird? I think we're going to have to hit up the museum. I don't know if the museum's going to have it. I feel like this is being kept secret. Like, does not the person who lives on this property now know that this happened? Exactly. And we don't even know exactly where the property is. That's the other thing. But the the skull, the the body, all of that, that was part of what they found. They also found finely tempered rods of copper and other relics lying near the mounds. The mound itself was described as 10 feet high, 30 feet long, and it would vary in width from 6 to 8 feet. So this is a good-sized mound. That's a way bigger mound than the guy they described. You sure there was only one in there? Well, according to this, there was only one in there. Is that the article that there was a second one they were going to dig up later? Yeah, except they never did an article on the second one. No, and I even went through all of New London's papers where Maple Creek, Sugarbush would have put their information, their going-ons for that week. I did not find a single mention of this. I thought it was really trippy because honestly, when I saw Maple Creek, I did not think of Sugarbush. I thought, oh, this has to be in the southern part of Wisconsin. But then as I put in Maple Creek, I'm like, this is us. This is our back door, basically. Like, how do we not know this? Exactly. This, just doing this research, this was the first I've heard of it. That's creepy. But it answers so much. Well, and we have a tremendous amount of mounds in this area, which begs the question, what if they opened other ones? Would they find giant skeletons in those two? Oh, brain exploding. Woo! Alrighty then. So, now that we've exploded our brains here. <laughs> all over. <laughs> all over. We're going to head to the southern part of Wisconsin to a burial mound near Lake Delavan. This is an article that Courtney is going to share of an incident that took place back in May of 1912. Courtney, what do you got for us? All right. It starts out a giant mystery. 18 strange skeletons found in Wisconsin. 18? 18. Nine foot skeletons with huge heads and strange facial features shocked scientists when they were uncovered 100 years ago. Here's the article. Here's one for your forbidden archaeology file. Scientists are remaining stubbornly silent about a lost race of giants found in burial mounds near Lake Delavan, Wisconsin, which is down in the south. In May of 1912, the dig site at Lake Delvin was overseen by Beloit College, and it included more than 200 effigy mounds that proved to be classic examples of 8th century woodland culture. 
but the enormous size of the skeletons and elongated skulls found in May 1912 did not fit very neatly into anyone's concept of a textbook standard. Okay. What's a textbook standard then? Just a normal human size? I'm assuming human, uh, normal human size, and they didn't have the elongated skulls. That's interesting because, you know, we're finding these skeletons back in the 1800s. And I'm kind of surprised nobody has, like, looked into this since. Maybe if they could find them. Oh, jumping ahead of myself. (laughs) They were enormous. These were not average human beings. The strange skulls were first reported in May 4th, 1912, issue of the New York Times. The 18 skeletons found by the Peterson brothers on Lake Lawn Farm, which also there's a Lake Lawn motel or, or hotel that is still down in lake delavan is it on the original farmstead as far as i know okay in southwest wisconsin exhibited several strange and freakish features well that's not kind <laughs> their heights ranged between seven and nine feet and their skulls presumably those of men are much larger than the heads of any race which inhabit america today above the eye sockets the head slopes straight back and the nasal bones protrude far above the cheekbones. The jaw bones are long and pointed, bearing a minute resemblance to the head of a monkey. The teeth in the front of the jaw are regular molars. Whoa, wait a second. Are we talking like giant missing lank? Giant Sasquatch? Are we talking Bigfoot? I mean, we're talking Bigfoot next month on Paranormal Coffee Hour, but... Actually, some of the research did try linking giants to Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. But I didn't touch on that too much because we're doing that next month i know but isn't that interesting except bigfoot isn't considered white and that's the one consistency we got from those tribes have you shaved his hair i don't know daryl's pretty spunky (laughs) lay down (laughs) daryl let me wax you (laughs) (laughs) i've got my own daryl across the table for me (laughs) i'm leaving if we're waxing we got trouble The other thing is the elongated slope to their head Mm -hmm. brings me back to the alien podcast we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. So maybe they're an alien monkey. Alien monkeys. (laughs) All right. The mystery of the Wisconsin Giants. Was this some sort of prank? A hoax played by local farm boys or a demented taxidermist for fun and the attention of the press? Wow. Whoa, a demented taxidermist. <laughs> they were harsh back in 1912. They had nothing better to do Holy. but come up with 18 giant skeletons in their spare time. Exactly. Go plow a field or something, for fuck's sake. Well, thank God the answer is no. The Lake Delvin find of May 1912 was only one of dozens and dozens of similar finds that were reported in local newspapers from 1851 forward to the present day yes i said 1851 it was not even the first set of giant skeletons found in wisconsin what what what? so this 18 giants wasn't the first set of giants found in wisconsin no because our giants up here by us were found after this yes there's more oh shit on august 10th 1891 the new york times reported that scientists from the smithsonian institution will touch on that more (laughs) had discovered several large pyramidal monuments on Lake Mills near Madison, Wisconsin. Madison was in ancient days 
the center of a teeming population numbering not less than 200,000, the Times said. 200,000 what? Native Americans? Peeps. People? Not the marshmallows. (laughs) (laughs) That would be disturbing. Don't even I have bet you could find 200,000 peeps down there, especially around Easter time. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a big enough city. Yeah, but back then they didn't even have the microwaves to blow them up. Denied. <laughs> the excavators found an elaborate system of defensive works, which they named Fort Aztalan. Aztalan? Aztalan? Yes! Probably. Mm-hmm. The celebrated mounds of Ohio and Indiana can bear no comparison, either in size, design, or the skill displayed in their construction with these gigantic and mysterious monuments of Earth, erected we know not by whom, oh, Egypt, anybody? And for what purpose, we can only conjecture, said the Times. Wait a second. What was the shape of these? Pyramidal. Oh, shit. This is going to be fascinating with what I talk about in a little bit. And there's a whole thing on Azeltan out there that I didn't again touch on. Oh my god, there's so much. So, as we continue our discussion of giants, we're still in Wisconsin, by the way, with our giant discussion. (laughs) That sounds funny. So, in 1870, while workers were digging the foundation of a sawmill near the banks of the Mississippi River, two giant well-preserved skeletons of an unknown race were discovered. Now, one was seven and a half feet. Which, if we think about it, that's kind of like gigantism. That really isn't that gigantic. Right. Yeah. That's NBA. Yeah. But the other was eight feet tall. So, verging on getting quite a bit taller. These skeletons could easily have been written off as gigantism. But here's the crazy part. They had prominent cheekbones and double rows of teeth. What? Yeah. Two rows of teeth. I don't think that goes with gigantism. And in addition to that strangeness, a large amount of arrowheads and, (laughs) brace yourself here, strange toys were found buried with them. Okay, what the fuck is strange toys? That is a bit... That sounds like something that the Times article should have elaborated on. It wasn't in the New York Times. It was in other newspapers in the state. Somebody should have elaborated. I know. Strange toys. This is like our friends at the Fluffy Mother Fluffers. <laughs> Are we talking about those kind of toys? Silicone wasn't invented yet. Anyway. No, if you <clears throat> listen to their episode, they used wood. <laughs> Even camel dung. Just oh, put that out there. Oh, shit. Okay. We, well, we're going off topic here. We're in toy land. <laughs> Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. The fact of the matter is that... We have articles from all over the state of Wisconsin talking about remains that were found that were larger than what should have been found. So we're going to we're going to touch on just a couple of these. So what's also creepy about this is my husband worked with a guy that everybody laughed at because he always talked about the giants with double rows of teeth, six fingers, six toes and they're like where are you from and you are off your rocker and look what i found i know so what did your husband say when you told him about this maybe you should get in contact with him (laughs) not oh i was a dickhead to him no no not at all (laughs) no he wasn't he was nice to him but he just kind of took it with a grain of salt like um okay does the guy still work with him he still works there but they moved the line so he doesn't get to see him anymore i was gonna say he should go to him you know what you're not crazy. I know. Yeah. I'm sure that guy would probably appreciate hearing that. Amen. 
So the first article I have is coming from a newspaper known as The Representative. It's out of Fox Lake, Wisconsin. This article comes out of that newspaper from September 9th of 1870. It says, a human skeleton was unearthed by laborers a few days ago near Janesville, Wisconsin. For those of you who are not native to Wisconsin, Janesville is in the southern part of the state located between Madison and Milwaukee. These skeletons measured 13 feet in length. Say what? 13 feet. So these ones we've talked about. These were giants in the giant world. They were giants in the giant world. Yeah. They were tall. It's like, how's the air up there, giant? The skull? (laughs) Hang on. The skull measured 32 and a half inches in circumference. Talk about a fat head. Oh, yeah. Imagine birth in that. God, no. (laughs) You know, we never really did talk about giant births. Could you imagine what that would have looked like? Because we don't know if they were birthed, if they were dropped off. What the (laughs) hell happened here? There's that spaceship again. I'm leaving you here. All right. And the thigh bones of these giants are 44 and a half inches in length. Thigh bones. That's not the whole leg. That's the thigh bone. Hip to the knee. Hip to the knee. Wolf. Yikes. One of the teeth (laughs) is an inch and a half long. A tooth. Inch and a half long. Can you imagine that dentist, Bill? But here's the thing. So here's the problem that we have because, you know, this is 1870s. The, they considered this a curiosity at the time, and Jerks. it was purchased. They Somebody purchased the skeleton. He was of Neosho, which is in Wisconsin, which is in Dodge County, actually. And it's a Mr. Toundro. He bought this whole stinking skeleton for ten grand. That's a lot of money in 1870. That's crazy money in 1870. Yeah, yeah, it is. But the thing is, is that, I mean, this is just one story of many. I know, Courtney, you have another one. All right. We're cruising over to Tremplo. This is from the Eau Claire Leader from July 19, 1906. In Tremplo, excavators removing soil for a new sidewalk a half block south of Main Street uncovered what is believed to have been a mound builder. Also, some well-preserved stone implements, weapons, pottery, and an oven. Presumably of prehistoric origin. Yes, I said oven. (laughs) They found all this crap digging up for a sidewalk? Yeah. How big a sidewalk they putting in? I'm not sure. (laughs) Ernest Bright made the discovery. He saw part of a skull protruding from the damp earth, and after digging a few feet below the surface, the spinal column and other bones were found. Ooh, trippy. Tremplo citizens say the bones are either those of an Indian, of unusual size, or of a mound builder which archaeological researchers have proved lived in the vicinity of Tremplo. The latter theory is more generally accepted because of the array of stone implements found with the bones. A clay oven was found embedded in the dirt. Many dishes of a brackish cast and made of a peculiar stone were also found. So they don't know what the stone was? Not in 1906. Did they ever say how big these skeletons were? No, they didn't. But you know what? I feel like somebody needs to go through all these articles and do like a follow-up and not it (laughs) not it oh son of a bitch (laughs) there's a lot that have just been left hanging yeah i want to know where all these skeletons are well i've got one more that leaves us hanging august 30th 1905 this article came from the carlisle evening herald from carlisle pennsylvania but they're reporting fond du lac wisconsin foot of the lake Two skeletons, each measuring more than seven feet in length, were discovered in a gravel pit in Forest, which is near Fond du Lac. 
The skulls are twice as large as those of an ordinary adult, and the thigh bones are almost six inches longer than those of a six-foot man. The bones are in a good state of preservation. It is probable that the skeletons, which are thought to be the remains of a prehistoric race, will be sent to Milwaukee for examination. Again, no follow-up. Yeah, that's a problem that we seem to have with all of this. So we have a ton of stuff being found in the late 1870s, early 1900s in Wisconsin. But we don't even know where all these bones went. I know the one at Lake Delavan. Did, what happened to that one? I know you knew what happened to that one, Courtney. So in one of the articles, but I can't seem to find it, I the um, two brothers supposedly shellacked some of the bones because that was another thing that I found in a lot of the research that they said they would dig them up and the bones would just disintegrate. My question is, is were they that old? Or, I mean, why were they just disintegrating? My question is, were they bones in the same structure we have bones? Valid question. So mm-hmm. these brothers, they shellacked some of their um, skeletons. It sounded like it was only two of the 18. When they both died, they had no heir, so they put on an auction for their homestead and everything with it, including the skeletons. But when the auction came up, they were not there. So many people showed up to bid on the skeletons, and they were not there, and they've never been found. Did some mysterious museum that we'll not name at this point in time maybe get their hands on them? Possibly. I also thought I saw that Madison was supposed to be investigating these bones, So, and why would they let them keep a few skeletons? Yeah. That's weird. More follow-up. It is. We talk about these things disintegrating. I wonder if they had osteoporosis way worse than... <laughs> Maybe. Oh. And they're just freaking old. At this point, anything is valid, I guess. Sort of, we're discussing that, you and I, how old these were. And I'm like, you need to draw me a map. I need to see how ancient these are. I don't even know if we know how ancient these are. That's the problem. Because we have... A hundred years ago, they weren't able to carbon date <laughs> no, these things. No. And the fact is, we talk about the tribes that are finding them. But those tribes, they're going back thousands of years. And not in like 10, 20,000 years. Is, yeah. That's what I was like. I need a map. Well, in that, you know, we look at the mound builders here in Wisconsin. And they go back, uh, you know, Even tens of that. thousands of years. 10, 20,000 years. They are the ancestors of some of our modern-day tribes that we have. So, yeah. And when the ancestors' ancestors are talking about giants, we're getting farther back on that timeline than anyone can count, at least effectively. So it makes sense why they would disintegrate. Right, right. Here's the thing, though. I mean, we have a lot of stories coming out of Wisconsin, but we are not the only state to have found giant skeletal remains. There's another hot spot of giant proportions. <laughs> no pun on words. No, totally pun. Um, and it's the state of Alaska. And I'm going to share with you some of the things I found out of Alaska that are going to be really trippy in this discussion. So when we started our discussion today about giants in North America, we talked about how there's a number of tribes all over the country that have this legends of giants in their history that goes back thousands of years and there was even a few that we weren't able to touch on because we only have so much time right well we have the Tlingit tribe normally i can say that word say that word again Tlingit. bless you yeah it's the Tlingit tribe of alaska it's one of their native tribes and they also have stories that go back 
hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of years about um, giants and humans trying to live together. And their stories talk about the fact that giants and humans never could peacefully live together. I was trying to explain this to my husband. He says he wants to move up there. (laughs) Well, he might not want to after what I'm about to talk about. Because, so what they found in in, um, these stories from the tribe is that they described the giants as having reddish hair. They were 12 to 20 feet tall. And the best part, they thought of humans as food. Tasty little nuggets. Mm -hmm. There is about 1,500 accounts in tribal histories in Alaska of giant skeletons and giants being found. Crazy stuff. Still processing. Yeah, I know. Well, in the early 1900s, we have one of our first discoveries of giant skeletons in Alaska. It was actually during the gold rush. And it was in a little town named Atlin near Juneau, Alaska. Um, When they were working at the Yellow Jacket Mine, which was a gold mine at the time, they found five skeletons that were nearly complete of giant proportions. And when we're talking giant proportions, these skeletons were over 10 feet tall. And then in 1936, on the Aleutian Islands, there was a giant skull found um, when they were basically um, digging up for, I believe it was part of the military. And what happened is, is the skull that they found was twice the size of a human skull. So what they did is the people who were digging at the time, they happened to have the head of the Smithsonian Institution there at the dig. So because because they had the head of the Smithsonian, and by the way, I know the guy's name, but I, for the life of me, cannot pronounce his name. Because Maybe that's I why think I was thinking German. dick. Anyway, um, he had to register the skull with the Smithsonian since he was there. So there is actual registration of this skull that exists. The problem is nobody can find the skull. And when I say nobody, I mean nobody outside the Smithsonian can find the skull. They're just hiding it? Yeah. Well, it's going to get worse. So then in 1940, on the Aleutian island of Shemya, 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 I think it was, Not only did they find giant skulls, they found leg bones also, and quite a bit of skeletal remains. What was happening is the military was building an airstrip at the time for World War II. And when they found the skulls themselves, they were two to three times that of humans. So, quick question. And there was more than one. Yeah. They only found the skeletons and leg bones like they were just chucking them? I don't know. (laughs) Like playing javelin with the leg bones? I don't no, like where it landed. We'll no, just leave it there. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think they were playing javelin with the leg bone. Lawn darts? Lawn <laughs> jarts. <Yeah. laughs> no, but what they did is, um, basically what happened, it was Alan Maxshear. He was an engineer at the Aleutian Island of Shemya during World War II. And Alan and his crew were the ones that were tasked with constructing a landing field. And they were demolishing a few of the hills. 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 Mm-hmm. Mounds. When they found human remains under some of the sedimentary layers, and they turned out to be a burial mound, but not an ordinary one. Now, the skull itself, I did find out the actual proportions of it. Do I need to buckle up? Mm, Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, It was 11 inches wide. So, you know, across the crown. And 22 inches from the base of the chin to the top of the head. To give you a proportion, a normal adult skull is 8 inches you know, wide. And 
about a foot, roughly, depending on the person, from chin to the top of the head. So 12 inches. Yeah, 12 inches. Oh, yeah, that's right. We do have people listening from other countries. Sorry. Um, They also found that these giant skulls had double rows of teeth. Oh, that pops up again. It's the double rows of teeth again. And unreasonably, hang on, Courtney, flat heads. Yes. So if their heads weren't flat, they could have been even larger. Possibly, yeah. So this double rows of teeth, I did see in research that they needed double rows of teeth because they were eating crustaceans that there was a lot of water yeah that is a theory that you know if you look at like the theory of noah's ark and that that they were potentially ones that could survive it because they were so large that they didn't drown and that they had to survive on earth eating mollusks and other like crustaceans and that's why the double row of teeth now that is more i would say a biblical version of why there could be giants in in the united states but it is a theory out there Now, these guys did not keep this discovery quiet. What they did is they sent a letter to a gentleman named Ivan Sanderson. He's a zoologist and biologist. And Ivan Sanderson received their letter, and he was like, okay, this is interesting. And he wrote them back, and he asked them for more information. What he got from them was that every skull found was trepanned with a precisely cut hole in its upper side. For those of you who don't know trepan, it means to use a trefine to remove a disc or a cylindrical core out of a skull. They drilled a hole in their damn brain. They basically, they didn't drill it. They, they beat it until the skull, <laughs> until the skull broke. Um, How kind. Yeah. Now, that's about the only thing that Sanderson found out in the second letter, because what they also told him, hang on here, Courtney, you're going to get pissed, is that the Smithsonian Institution confiscated the remains. Confiscated. Confiscated. Lovely. That's the That's the term they used. Yep. And the Smithsonian was involved in a lot of these, even in the States. Even potentially in our own state, as far as we know. The Smithsonian might be the ones who are holding some of the remains from Wisconsin. Ah, but did you find out why they are keeping this hidden? They won't say what. They won't even acknowledge that they have this stuff, even though they have some of it on record that they took it in. They won't acknowledge to it. So then that begs the question: What are they hiding? Because and who's paying them to hide this? And who's paying them to hide this? Well, the Smithsonian is, as far as I understand, a government institution. Huh. Sure they are. They got how much bailout money just to stay operating and probably keep the coolers on for stuff that they mm-hmm. have to keep cold. I think like, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. <laughs> we might actually touch on that again in January. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I thought this would just end with the discovery of giants in burial mounds. But as I did more research... I came across a little project that our government did. Now, I myself am a psychic medium, and I do remote viewing. And for any of you who are familiar with it, Project Stargate is a government-run program where they used psychic mediums to remote view. Now, primarily, it was used to remote view into areas of Russia to get confidential information because it was the Cold War. Sneaky bastards. Yeah. But they had their very first remote viewer by the name of Joseph McMonagall. And they had Joseph, um, he was given coordinates, latitude and longitude, of a location. And he was asked just to remote view into that location. So he had no other knowledge other than those coordinates. Okay? Now, I'm not that good. 
I'll, I'll admit it. I need like a picture of the exterior of someplace. <laughs> Maybe I'll work up to the coordinate thing. I don't know. But when Joseph did his remote viewing session of this, which took place, by the way, back in May 22nd of 1984, okay? Now, he's been working for Project Stargate for a while now. And this was, I want to say, God, he's probably been working with them for like 20-some years up to this point, okay? Because it started back in the 50s. Now, almost 30 years, I guess. When he did his remote view, he saw a very large pyramid. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Pyramid, you say? Yeah. Didn't we talk about pyramids in Madison area? Yes, we did. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing. He knew this pyramid could not have been on Earth. Then, as he continued to remote view in, he connected with a race of extraterrestrials that looked just like human beings, but larger and whiter. Oh, did they have red hair, too? (laughs) And double rows of teeth? (laughs) He didn't comment on their hair teeth. (laughs) But he did say they were tall and thin, and he describes them as much, much bigger than humans on Earth. He was basically um, connecting to a long-past race. Now, here's the thing. When they brought him back, you know, out of his remote viewing session... They gave him the opportunity to see inside the envelope they gave him that had the coordinates on it what the actual actual location was. It was the planet Mars about one million years ago, BCE. So now my question is, and I did not pick this up till just now when I was, they gave him coordinates. When I think of coordinates on a map, it's only the Earth. Right. No. So we're, how, what are these coordinates how, how they're using? Coordinates how do they describe co- the coordinates? Right. The coordinates are described just like you would in, in um, Earth coordinates. It was 40.89 degrees north and 9.55 degrees west were the coordinates they gave him. So when he, when he was observing these other um, life forms, shall we say, there was an issue that he, that he was seeing them t- discussing on their planet and that they had to find a new home planet. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's been brought up a few times. Now, I had heard of Project Stargate prior to us discussing giants, but I had never made the connection that there possibly could be giants connected with these extraterrestrials. And the crazy thing is, there's actual pictures of like a city on Mars with pyramids. Our government actually has it. I swear I have seen it on the internet before. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's grainy. It's an, it's an overhead picture, but you can make out a four-sided pyramid on it easily. And then look at all the pyramids that are so sacred around here. And you've got them in Egypt, in South America, and right. even up here in our own backyard. Well, and you know, we've always questioned how is it all these different societies could potentially have similar structures and have built them with the technology they had at that time. So, in other words, these giants destroyed Mars so they could come live here? If, if you want to make that connection, it's a very possible connection that they, des- they had destroyed their home planet and came here. So, when Earth is destroyed, where are we heading? I've got no clue. Well, our geniuses in the government want to go back to Mars. <laughs> That's true. Very but valid they're point. they're not realizing that Mars has already been destroyed. <laughs> Moving to the next planet. Yeah, pick another one. <laughs> We we took care of that one already. Go somewhere else. That one is not the winner. No. (laughs) And if you're on Mars listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Yeah, I haven't seen if we have any any listeners from Mars. I apologize. <laughs> Maybe we're going to have to start looking outside this galaxy because... Mm, yeah. So we we start with just simple effigy mounds in our own backyard, basically, with this. And it brings us all the way to Project Stargate and the fact that there might be a connection. And neither of us, when I brought up this subject, were like, oh, yeah, giants in Wisconsin. I had no idea where this was going to head, honestly. This took us around the way and back and around. I remember when I told you about the Project Stargate connection, that was, you were pretty tripped out, weren't you, Ken? Yeah. I, I'm not surprised. Our government hides so much stuff and... We sound like the conspiracy podcast now. <laughs> yep, we're getting there. I mean, if you're going to hide stuff and then it's on the big world wide web, granted, not everything's true, but there's way too much that we found that to collaborate. I'd be interested if any of our listeners have any extra information that they maybe know that could contribute to this. And, and you know, what happened when they're finding all of these up until the 1940s, and then suddenly it's like it stops. And what do the listeners think? I mean, like, my husband, when um, his friend would talk, they literally, they're like, ooh, let's get the white coats, he's off his rocker. Right, right. But we're pulling research left and right as much as we can. And and it's pretty, it's pretty insane stuff, honestly. But that's part of what we're about, aren't we? You may need to listen to this a few times, because I know I did. <laughs> I did. There's a lot of things you are like, wait a minute. Oh, oh boy. And all of our research keeps circling back to the same things. It really does. And next next month we're going to talk Bigfoot, which, as we've already said in this podcast, might touch on the same similar things we've talked about. The world's best hide-and-seek player. (laughs) Daryl. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I sure did. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Ken. Thank you for joining us, Ken. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Paranormal Coffee Hour. And if you would like, please come join us sometime. You can find out when Paranormal Coffee Hour will occur if you join us on Summer's Awkward Acres Farm page on Facebook. Go to the events section. We have all of our coffee hours that are run in person listed as well as the location. Now's a good time to put down your cup of coffee. Think about who is keeping these giants a secret from us and why. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get to see you at one of our coffee hours in person. That's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it weird, keep it wonderful, and as always, keep it woohoo.